This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe, to everything Milk Queen's Dons. Well, say it's been about 24 hours since we recorded the awards show. Um, so we've, we've catched up pretty recently, me, Ross and Joe, but I'll ask the guys anyway how they are. Uh, Ross, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, very more actually. Yeah, just finished my degree today, so that was a big moment for me. Uh, glad it's over, to be honest, after the year we've had, especially university wise. But yeah, I'm happy that it's over with, and yeah, good topic to write about, especially on if it being EFL based. Um, Joe, how about yourself? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, just ticking along. It's uh, it's Friday tomorrow, so uh. Yeah, it's a shame we haven't got much football to look forward to, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll, we'll live. Yeah, we've got the playoffs soon enough, haven't we? And uh, a man who's uh, covering the playoffs for Sky Sports and is also joining us on the call this evening is uh, the gaffer Russell Martin. So, Russ, how are you doing? And uh, how's your little break? How are you enjoying your break? Very well, thank you. Everyone keeps asking me, like, are you on a break now? Trust me, I am, <laughs> I am busier than ever, but it's from home, which is a nice thing. So I get to see my kids and take them to school, but in between the school runs, I'm on... And about 60 phone calls a day, I think, um, on the laptop continuously. So it's been, I am here and I'm at home and it's nice. But um, whilst the kids are at school, it's, uh, it's uh, bloody hard work, to be honest. So, but it's all good. If we're going to, we're going to get it right next year and, and improve again, it's the, it's these, you have to, you know, you don't really get time to, um, when I was a player, you had a little bit of time to relax and chill. But as a manager, I don't think you get much of that time. So me and Liam Sweet are back to talking more than we talk to our partners, I think. And, um, yeah, just trying to get the ball rolling and keep things moving and, and just constantly being aware of of the plates that are spinning that could drop at any point. So, um, yeah, it's been busy. I'm enjoying being at home a bit more, obviously, but it has still been very, very busy. Yeah, as I say, with uh, mine, Ross and Cows, of the favourite sports in American football, it's very much a 
365 day uh year sorry to say of football it never really stops does it so uh yeah i'm not surprised you're uh, busy as a beer as, as always okay um i suppose well, as usual uh, we've got a list of questions for um, russ and it's mixed this time it's a mix of our questions and your guys questions that we ask for over on social media i picked out our favorites so um uh, joe take us away with the questions yeah brilliant um thanks again for joining us russ um I thought we'd start off nice and heavy, just throw you straight in at the deep end. So we've got a question here from Ram uh, of Market Insights, who work with Liam Sweeten. Um, so it's quite a long one, so just bear with me. Um, but since Spain have been dominating internationally and now Pep's doing it at club level, um, counter-pressing is now becoming the more in vogue sort of uh, trend, uh, even though we have seen centre-backs year on year making more passes and... You know, we've seen more and more teams playing, uh, trying to play with the ball in the football league. Um, in a manner that such there's so many younger players coming through that are trained to be more fit rather than technical. And do you think the league will move back towards the previous sort of direct style that there has been before, um, instead of teams going more possession heavy? And as a result of this, do you see you you and um, you know the Dons having to adapt? I, I just on that question I think you know you look at teams like Barnsley that have had such success this season and it's all just because of how mental they run and how intense they are and even Wickham last season so yeah it's a, quite an interesting question I thought. It is yeah firstly thanks to Ram they've been brilliant market insights really really good uh, we're really grateful for the partnership we have with them and the input they've given us um, counter pressing was the first bit wasn't it of the long yeah. and so I think um We've become really good at pressing because we build up really organised and structured way that means when we enter the final third, we're quite close together. We have a lot of players that are, are quite connected and quite close together, which means if we lose the ball, we have a really good chance of winning it, which is why, you know, you look at Pep's teams and you look at um, the top teams, they, they're really known for, for pressing and pressing hard. Um, but I believe it's because they spend so long in the opposition half in the final third and they are really connected and close together. So they have less work, less work to do. Um, I think we've, we've played against teams that are, that try and play. Um, there's a few teams that are really playing some good stuff in our league. There's no doubt about it. Crew being one of them, I thought they were great. Uh, Rochdale, you know, despite um, getting relegated, some of the football they play is, is really, really good. I think Brian's just... Obviously, got limited resources, but some of the football they play is fantastic. Um, so there are teams, and there's, there's teams in every league that do it. Norwich have got promoted doing it, and people would argue and say they have the best players. Um, I feel like to be a top top team, you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to do both. I think if you if you are really good in possession, like a City or whatever, a really top team. I look at Brighton. Brighton are really really good in possession. Um, they press really well when they have an opportunity to, because they're close together. And if not, they, they you know, they, they're in the Premier League, so they, they make sure they get behind the ball and then defend from there. But um, I think um, Southampton play it completely differently. They press, you know, like Barnsley do. They, they work so hard out of possession. They really press. So I just think it comes down to what your preference is as a manager, how hard you're willing to work at something. As long as it is something, I think there's a, a lot of people that get caught in between that try to play until... That's not really on, and now we'll we'll uh, we'll focus on the other side of it, and that's when it becomes a bit um, a bit mixed and a bit diluted. Like I will, 
and you know we spoke about it last time I think when I came up and there's no right or wrong my preference is the style of football that you're starting to see from us uh, I think Guardiola is the best manager there's probably ever been in terms of producing the team that you'd want to watch and you like to watch I think they're incredible um, so of course I would try and I enjoy that style. It's what I believe in. It's what I enjoy playing. And I've played to teams at that level, but I've played in dominant teams over the years and really enjoyed it. Um, so, of course, I'm going to try and translate that onto the pitch. I've got a guy who's lived that with Luke Williams, who's who's a, who's a genius, in, you know, in possession. Because he's 15 years of, of doing it, trying it, making mistakes, and he's, he's brilliant. Um, so we just sit there for hours talking about ideas and, and, and coming up with things. So, um, But what I like about our team is they are forget the last game of the season of course but they are um, they are willing to do the other side of the game as well which I think in terms of the pressing stats I think we're second in the league in terms of how hard we press how high we press and how how, uh, how intent they are how intense they are with it how many times we win the ball back and I love that about the guys I really don't want to become a team that just wants to play in possession and is not so fussed with with, uh, with not playing without the ball um, so answer the Rams question I don't know where the game's going to go I think Teams, people think you can only really play that way at the very, very top with the very best players. Um, and I get that because it takes a lot of hard work to convince people. Otherwise, we've been through that here already, you know, of, of people fighting against it. And change is, you know, often really feared and criticised, then laughed at a little bit. And then, um, and then people start asking about it and being curious and actually willing to take a look in and we found out with our own process here so with people from the outside so um, I just think this is a really long answer to a really long question I just think it's down to preference but do I I don't fundamentally see British football changing too much if I'm honest I think you need people like um, Guardiola just come in and have a real impact over a long period of time because the British mentality is let's roll our sleeves up let's run really hard let's work really hard um, and uh, teams have a lot of success that way if I look at Blackpool in the playoffs, and I don't mean this as any slight at all, but they are incredible out of possession. Their success is based on being absolutely brilliant out of possession. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the playoff game, see how they pan out, because it's going to be a really interesting game. But they are excellent out of possession, and, and that's what's got them to third in the league. Of course, they can play a bit as well, but when you are that good um, at pressing and have the athleticism to counter press and, and hurt teams on the counter, why wouldn't you do it? So, um, yeah, long answer. Probably haven't answered anything that you asked, but. Um, there we go. No, yeah, I, I think I agree on Blackpool. I think in the two games we played against them, we lost them. Uh, yeah, we lost them both, and I don't think they had more than sort of eight shots in either of those games. Yet at no point did they necessarily look, you know, uncomfortable in those games. And um, just like from you personally, have, have you seen that there's maybe been a shift towards a lot more um, sort of athletic and fit players really being able to thrive more than say technical players that maybe don't have those physical qualities in the last you know few years for instance with pressing becoming and maybe a lot more sort of ingrained in teams yeah definitely I think we I've been asked that as well by people um really close to me and, and and outside and inside the club if we need more athleticism more energy but I think um at league one level if you're recruiting someone who can really play football and is really really athletic they're probably not going to be there for very long or there's been a big issue with them at some point. Um, so you're compromising on something, or you've got really young players that you're trying to get to the level with both things. But if you're signing someone a bit more experienced, then you're probably compromising on something. So you have to decide what's more important. Uh, and and for, for us, I think it's um, 
you need a mix of both. But I think for us, it's definitely technicians that can handle the ball. Um, look at someone like Andy Sermon, who, by the way, presses as well as anyone in our team because the distances are shorter for him. So, uh, as I said, we're all pretty close together and he doesn't have to go and press too far. But um, I think even from when I started playing, the, the physicality of the game, the athleticism of the game, um, how people recruit, yeah, it's definitely gone that way. I think, sure. and, and a lot of academies as well, they probably look for that first and then think the rest can come or they can maybe coach the rest and put the rest into them because, of course, it's to play at the top, very, very top, you need a bit of everything, but the athleticism is, um, is incredible, is incredible. And I, I don't think people appreciate how, how fast or physical the game is when you, when you, when you play at that level. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. I think you touched on the next question quite nicely, so I'll pass over to Liam for that one. Yeah, it, it was mostly about um, in terms of improvement when you your personal experience, you know, do you think it's easier if you're very experienced to improve a player's skill level or mentality when they first say come to you at a club or to your player or manager? Um, I think the first thing you have to try and improve is their mentality and that, that, would, that would affect how quickly they improve their skill level. I think that's for sure. I think um, a player that you're going to just work really hard on their skills has to have the aptitude and, and inclination to want to improve their, their, their technical skills. So that comes down to mentality. I think um, every player should, should be wanting to improve, whether you're 34 or, or 21. I think you can never stop improving on certain bits. Um, we do a lot of individual work, a lot of unit work at, at the club. Um, and it's because the boys have the mentality to want to do that. So I think short term, definitely mentality to try and improve because that will definitely help the long term improvement of the skill because certain skill sets are really, they're tough. They're tough to improve. It takes a lot of hours, a lot of good practice. You know, people pretend they're practicing and they're doing stuff. That's, so it's, it has to be really relevant, really practical stuff that you're going to do that's going to improve you and, and um, how you're going to perform on the pitch. But ultimately... The one thing that we can always try and improve really quickly is mentality and decision making by giving them clarity, um, regardless of skill set. Um, and then you hope eventually over a period of time they've lived enough of those moments or been in that position enough times or done a certain skill enough times that eventually it becomes, you know, well practiced and pretty good. So I would say mentality first and skill, yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And hopefully, uh, Alan answered the question quite nicely. Um, I believe Ross is up next. So, Ross, take it away. You're right, Ross. Hope you're doing well. Um, you could use this as a bit of a cliche answer because I think the whole squad have uh, been remarkable this season but um, is there any individual which surprised you the most this campaign? Surprised me? Um, yeah. Surprised me? It's a good question. Um, probably Dino. I don't think he surprised me of how consistent he's been. I think um, he surprised me at how how good he has been in terms of putting ego to one side, um, adding so much value to the rest of the team, accepting huge responsibility, playing in a position he's never, ever played in before, um, especially when it was going tough. It had been easy for him to be the first guy to go, do you know what, Russ? Just just go away. Well, this is rubbish. We're, good. We're not going to do it this way, or I'm not willing to do it this way. But he has, he has gone completely with it. And I don't, he hasn't surprised me, I don't think, because he's, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, Dino and I, you know, I've roomed with him before I became the manager. It's well known, I get on really well with him, but um, 
I just think it had been really easy for him to sort of fight against it a little bit and uh, go back to what he's been used to for 20 years. Um, but he hasn't. He's just got better and better and better. And he's been incredible. And, he, and for me, he deserves to be player of the season. So I'm glad you guys, well, I don't know if you guys voted from Percy, but I'm glad you guys talking collectively as a, a group of fans saw that and um, acknowledged how important he's been this year. Because he, and you know, even he's played in the middle on the left and on the right. And uh, on the right in particular, when he went there, how he's, he's been outstanding. You know, he's been absolutely brilliant. So, um, and he just, I think if you look at the way he adds to people, but once he's gone to the right, how much Matt O'Reilly has then grown as well, um, how much he adds to the people around him. So even Laird as well when Dino moved to the right, you know, it was been outstanding, by the way, but just there's something about Dino with his, the aura and the influence he has on other people. And um, so, yeah, he's been, been brilliant. Well, at an age of 36 now, I think it is. I hope I'm right. Um, having one of his best season, seasons in a Don shirt says it all really, doesn't it? Um, certainly a legend at the club. But um, yeah, remarkable. I'll pass it on to Joe next. Yeah, it is remarkable. We just spoke about, you know, improvement and improving uh, people, whatever their age. And he's definitely been that. He's, he's a, I don't think people realise outside the club how gifted a footballer he is in terms of his game intelligence, his understanding. Um, obviously, he's, he's getting a bit older and he loves a, a Diet Coke or two. So he's he's not as athletic as he once was, but he makes up with that with experience, intelligence. Um, yeah, he's been he's been really, really top. And uh, I'm looking forward to... I'm sure he'll go and surprise us again next year because every year you go, maybe this is uh, the year that Dino plays a little bit less. Yeah. Um, but he'll probably go and play 40, 40 games again next year. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we, we've been saying the same for four or five years. How many more years has he got left? And he, he just keeps on surprising us. And I think moving him in the middle, actually, we, we can actually see how good of a footballer he actually is and how good his left foot is. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really great to see. Um, moving on to the next question. It's uh, one from uh, one of the listeners. And... It's, I guess it's about how, how, how you um, get players to actually sort of buy into the process as such and how you help the players actually visualise what you want them to do and, and actually understand it. Because it's, it's one thing, you know, going out there and playing, but how do they understand it in the first place? Because I guess there's quite a lot of work that goes into that behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. before they come in, they see uh, a presentation from me and Liam that, explains why they fit into what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, the purpose of the team, um, the identity of the team, like the core, the key values of the team, the non-negotiables of the team. So they see all of that um, and you try and put it into context of that within their role on the pitch, in their position, um, giving clarity of what's expected there. So by the time they even step onto the training pitch the first time, they have a good idea of, of um, what is expected of them. And then... For the guys that already were here, it's the same. Showing them really positive stuff of what they're doing, showing them clips of top players doing the, the, the similar stuff, basic stuff that they're being, being asked to do, but doing it really well. Um, and just reinforcement every single day. We have a player meeting every single day to set the, the tone for the day, whether it's analysing the game from a Saturday on a Monday morning. We then finish it with what we're going to do for the week, the three key points for the week. Um, then they have their unit meetings as well, where they discuss what's what's important for them moving forward for the next game. Um, so it's constant just reinforcement of, of A, who we are and what we're going to be. Um, 
B, what their role within that is, um, and, and C, how it fits during the week with, with our purpose. So having a why for everything, they need, they need to understand why we're doing what we're doing, um, which is why we have so much contact time and so many meetings with them. And they're, all, they're not long meetings, they're short and they're concise, or hopefully most of the time. Um, and, and they have a purpose to them. So uh, I think the players get that. And I think the process is just really consistent, really consistent, Joe, regardless of win, lose or draw. We don't, I don't tend to get, might get emotional in the manager's office and um, punch a few doors or whatever. Well, Dean usually headbutts one, but um, apart from that, yeah, we with the players we don't we don't get emotional because we we know how hard it is, how difficult it is, what we're asking them to do, and they have the courage and the conviction to go and do it. By the way, on 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 a terrible pitch this season as well. So um, I've got nothing for, but admiration and gratitude for the group of players we have and. Um, watching them grow this year off the pitch and on it together and the, the strength of that group and how close they've become has been, um, you know, I get a bit emotional talking about it. It's been incredible. I, I love that group. And uh, obviously we say goodbye to a few of them, uh, which is, which is tough, um, really tough because shared some really good moments with them, but that's football and we have to move on. And now we're looking forward to, to really trying to add to this, what I think is a special group. Um, and make sure we don't lose that and we, and we can just keep strengthening it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I guess that, you know, a group of 20-something-year-olds that want to be playing football, I guess it's so important to have these meetings short and concise because I can imagine with the amount of detail that you're giving them, you know, it's they're probably in, in lecture theatres and classrooms maybe more than any other team in the league. So, yeah, to keep them engaged, I guess, is something that's... you've you've got to, yeah, just, it's quite important because yeah, otherwise it just won't go in, will it? It is, it is important and and um, Ben Parker and Liam Sweet and, I'm, and Dave Perkins this year as well with his opposition clips and they are incredible at producing um, footage for us because it really engages the players. They really enjoy watching themselves back. They are incredible at producing something really quickly and uh, sometimes at the drop of a hat, you know, Ben, I need these few clips. Literally, it might be two or three clips to show Harry Darling and it like, we were watching the Champions League two or three weeks ago. Carl Walker done something defensively that I just was like, wow. So I text Ben straight away. Ben, you need to clip that up for tomorrow. We need to show, we need to show the defenders this clip. So they're just so willing and brilliant. And um, yeah, so they make it really easy. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Love that. Um, on to Ross for the next one. Yeah, with it being your first season, Russ, um, you're still learning on the job. I guess you'll, you'll, you'll be learning for the rest of your career, but... Um, with obviously an experienced um, man by his side in Luke Williams, what's the most valuable piece of advice he's given you since um, you've been together? Um, don't be a manager, probably. Um, no, I don't know. Luke's given me so much good advice, I can't really point to one bit. Um, probably the well, I say that probably the best bit is to just to, just to lead how I want to lead, um, which is to try and treat everyone as a human being first, as a person first, be really honest with them, really, really honest with them, which causes can cause a lot of pain sometimes and is really difficult. Um, but I think it's the best way. I think one of the strengths that uh, of, of mine is the, the relationship I have with the guys. Um, so it is tough at times, but it's the only way I see, see it happening and the, and the way I'm comfortable with and and sometimes I question it, and sometimes it's easier to, to be a bit different. But um, he always goes, you know, he always tells me it's the best way. 
and, and it's the only way. And uh, yeah, what, what can I say about Luke that I haven't said to, to everyone before? He's incredible, incredible. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want, I'd, I wouldn't change him for anyone. I would, I want him by my side for the next 20 years. Um, I hope we complement each other really well. I think we do. I feel like um, somehow we were, we were destined to work together at some point. Um, and obviously Dino being the guy that Ryan Harley the first introduced us, who played a real, really big part in it. And then Dino obviously working with Luke at Swindon as well. It just all fell into place really. And um, as I said, he, he's, he's an incredible coach. He's an incredible human being and lads really relate to and he can he can communicate messages brilliantly. And I'm really grateful to have him have him by my side. And um, you know, sometimes when I see the, you guys with the banners up and stickers and all out of my face, I feel a little bit um not disappointed. It's brilliant, it's amazing, I love it, of course. But I, you know, I wish Dean and Luke were on there as well because they've been they've been so important. I'll have a word. Yeah, the whole yeah, exactly. I'm the making out the whole backroom staff have. Um and and they really support me because you know being being the guy that is um, is responsible for for all of that is sometimes really tough and and can uh, takes a lot of energy. But them guys are incredible in their support. And I know you've had Dino on here. Um, we'll try and get Luke on at some point, but he hates doing anything like this, so uh, it'll be a job convincing him. Um, but yeah, they are yeah incredible. I, I spend I spend most of my life with them. You know, I spend more time with them than I do with my family. This this season because that's just how it's been but uh yeah I wouldn't wouldn't change wouldn't change them for anyone they're both incredible and in what they bring to the not just to me but to the players and, and to the rest of the backroom staff as well well I think Dino gets Callum to make too many cups of tea but apart from that I think Cal Callum would tell you the same thing mm. it sounds like we're in decent hands then <laughs> uh, I believe Liam's got the next question yeah, yeah. And you want you wanted to rush your mention about wanting to build in a special group of players and it has a special group of players this season. I think every Don's fans witnessed that in their own eyes. Unfortunately, not not the stadium enough this year. But um a question that one of the listeners had, uh, Jonathan Bennington. So hope you well, Jonathan. Um he asked about the senior playing count being reduced from twenty-two to twenty in the upcoming season. And he asked whether that does that make recruitment harder for you? Or do you relish in that type of challenge where you know you're being a little bit more limited on players you potentially can bring in uh, for next season? Yeah, I don't think it changes too much for us. I think um, obviously there are rules on homegrown players and academy graduates, which we have plenty of, which kind of give us a bit more room than, than a lot of teams probably. But um, no, I don't think it changes too much. I don't think you'd want a, a huge squad anyway. I think you'd want one that is um, just full of quality rather than quantity. Um, and obviously with the with the budget constraints we had this season, etc., we haven't we haven't gone with a huge squad, um, which has given opportunities to a lot of the academy guys when they've earned it as well. So uh, yeah, we've got no problem with that, and we're really comfortable with it. And um, we know exactly what we want, and in terms of the makeup of the squad, in terms of you know what positions and and what sort of character um, and what sort of experience, and we've got all of that. And it's up to us to try and make sure we, we get the guys we want now. Yeah, I don't think it's the best way to describe it, but it's a very it's a very healthy squad now when you look at it from maybe a few seasons ago in terms of I said the youth that's in there now, so the homegrown talent and uh yeah, certainly got the platform to uh, take to the next level next season for sure. Yeah, it feels um, like okay. our squad now. It feels like our squad yeah. for the first time really. So um and we have we're gonna have to sign a lot of players. We're we're not left with too many players at the moment. If you you know, if you take out the young guys, you will probably 
hopefully a lot of them are going to go on loan this year and get some experience in men's football because they haven't been able to because of COVID this year. So without, you know, without getting the minutes for us, they would have lost on a year of development, really. So, um, yeah, it would be good for that. And, and we have, we've got quite a lot of work to do, to be honest. We've got a lot of business. And I sat there the other night after the final game with Liam about midnight, I think, in the office, looking at all the names and boys like, oh, yeah, we've actually got quite a, we're really happy with the guys we've got, but we really do need to help them out and add a few. Definitely. Um, okay, I believe uh, Joe's got the next question. So pass it over to Joe. Um, so this next one, it's in reference to um, a question we asked Dean, Dean Thornton when he came on the podcast. But I'm going to quickly ask you a question that we asked Dean, and that was, are you surprised you've got more yellow cards than him this season? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't, yeah, he's, uh, he's the guy that goes and growls at everyone, the fourth official, the other, the other goalie coach, the other assistant manager. Um, Dino loves it though I think he thrives off it it's why he wears shorts he needs everyone to know how hard he is it's why he wears shorts oh, yeah. we've heard him don't worry about it we've heard him many <laughs> times on the on the iPhone have you yeah 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 no he's, he's he's fantastic because we we don't really give too much to the referee or full official compared to most um, but it actually ends up hindering us a little bit so Dino's the guy to go out and uh, me and Luke just look at him and he goes yeah that's it I'm off I'm done but, but actually, by the time we look at him, most of the time, he's already there. But yeah, I cannot believe I have got more yellow. When they get, when they get yellow card? I got, you got two. Apparently, didn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. What, what other yellow card did I get? I think, by the way, the burning one is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's a sort of oh, burning one. Yeah, we heard. Yeah, we know about that. Where's the other yellow card? Burn Albion last season. That was last season. I'm reckoning yeah. a few might have been like that. I've got another one this season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was it Gillingham? Yeah, he was away. Was it? I know Steve Evans got one. He gets one every week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear him on the, yeah. on the eye follow. Yeah, try standing yeah. next to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, when, um, yeah, when we asked Dino that question, Cal had to jump in before Dino said it, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> Right, I'll get on to the proper question then. Um, so we asked about how you know the, the different um training works with the goalkeepers because obviously it is a specialized position, but more probably more than most clubs, we actually incorporate the goalkeeper. You know, I described Andrew Fisher as an honorary right back last night, yeah. and I think um, so you know, it's almost a fairly similar question. How, how do you feel that you have to integrate the training with the goalkeepers and also? In terms of like COVID and, and things like that, how have you had? How have you managed? You know, defenders, midfielders, and strikers this season. And I mean, how, how much of a benefit will it be when they're all back together? Uh, hopefully, in, in in the summer. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be a huge benefit. I think we had to put them in bubbles of their positions so they could stay in their units. They had to do their gym in their units at one point. They had to eat lunch together in their units at one point um, when it was really, really you know strict protocols at the beginning. And then gradually they eased a little bit, but um, it will really help us, I think, being able to do a lot more together next season. Um, and back in our own sort of environment, we've had to do meetings in different rooms this year because our lecture theatre is too small and not many people can fit in there and stuff. So um, I think it will really help us being back in our environment. Uh, the goalkeepers um, have been unbelievable, really, you know, outstanding with what they've been asked to do. So take big responsibility, big risk, um, and they've all really embraced it. I think uh, Fish has just been outstanding and, and Nico found it really difficult to get back in um, and wish Lee all the best. And I know he's going to get, 
you know, a good move and get looked after because he's just a brilliant, brilliant pro. I'm, I'm sure Fish will tell you how much he's helped him this year. He's been, he's been like another coach with us, really, you know, with Dino and uh, the amount of help he's given him and Laurie and um, been brilliant. But they are pretty much after the warm up and the, and the first bit of the session, um, they're pretty much involved then. They are involved then from from uh, for, for the rest of the session, really. And we've had, you know, a guy called Franco Rebazzoli come in um, recently towards the end of the season, helps out whilst Laurie was on loan. He came in to train and he couldn't believe, um, you know, Dino goes out a bit early and trains and then straight away, he just loved it. He's from Argentina, from, he was a River Plate Academy all the way through and he just like, well, I'm playing football again. I'm out on pitch, I'm lo absolutely loving it. And uh, so I think they enjoy it. They are with us a lot because they are very important on the pitch. You see the way we play in terms of the build-up and starting that off. Um, so it's so important to get that connection on the training pitch and to build those relationships on the training pitch. You can't can't expect them to work solely with a goalkeeping coach all week and then just go in there and all of a sudden it happens. They have to build connection, um, build relationship. And I think that's why this year you've seen you know, some really, really top performances from Fish and some really good consistency for such a young goalie. Yeah, we, we actually gave Fish our young player of the season. I think he's just been, Good I think sure. he's got one of the highest points per match um, as it, throughout the season. And he's just been so, he, he's made, I can't really, I can think of maybe two mistakes or something, but it, it's, you'd expect for, for how we play, you yeah. know, he was, I think he did a Cruyff turn in his own box away to hole. And, you know, it's stuff like that. He just, he did. We showed, we showed that relentlessly for a week. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. It's, it's just, um, Brilliant, and I guess, like you say, if you just if you're just catching balls for you know an hour every day, it's not really gonna you, you you're not gonna get that practice. Uh, and they're part of the team. They're part of the team. It's you know I think the days of goalie just being a goalie are gone. Like regardless of they have to be regardless if you're going to play really direct, then you've got to be accurate. You're kicking. They need to do a lot more now. So um, he's been brilliant, and and Dino is obviously fantastic with him. He's a great coach. Gives him a lot of belief, and uh, I think it's just with 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 fishing. Uh, the, the other goalies, I think they just need to believe they're as good as we think they are because it's a tough job and sometimes you misplace one pass and they beat themselves up. But it's um, it's a really big, big role for us and uh, they make a you know, huge amount more passes than, than most other goalkeepers um, and they are really hard on themselves, which is a great trade because they want to get better. But at the same time, they need to uh, realise what we're asking them to do and how tough it is. Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly on Lee, I think I don't think he'll struggle to find a club at all at this level. I think he's. I think we saw it in the Burnley game. Shot stopping's just. He's one of the, the best in this league, and I think. I think, and also on Laurie as well. Brilliant to see him. By all accounts, doing really well at Oldham. I remember watching him. God, it must have been like 2011, 2012, and he was on loan at Kettering, which is my local team. And he wasn't. He wasn't the best. He was a young goalkeeper then. But yeah, it's uh, really, really happy for. Him. But I hope. But hopefully. Um, finds a new a new club and um, yeah, Laurie, really good to see him doing well. Yeah, I agree. And Lee will have no problem in getting another club. Yeah, no, top um, keeper. Yeah, he's been a great servant and uh, and Laurie yeah, has done really, really well. So we're obviously we're hoping to keep Laurie, but um, it's going to be tougher now because I'm sure he's attracted a lot of people and uh, he has he has done brilliantly, really, really well. He's grown a lot, Laurie, over the last year as a, not just as a player, as, but as a person. And uh, I'm really proud of him actually that he went out and done that and and, and done so well. So uh, hopefully we can we can keep him. And as I said, you know he's a bit older, but he's really improving. And his his first full year of being back in full time football um, has made a big difference. So hopefully that'll continue. 
Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Um, on to Ross next for the next one. Yeah, it's one of the listeners' questions, Russ. Um, I think we all know who you're going to say, and uh, someone in the starting eleven. Um, but I'll ask you anyway. Um, which one of your players could you see going into management? Good question. Um, I don't think Louis wants to be a manager. I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll definitely add a lot of value to someone in terms of analysis or recruitment. He loves looking at the game tactically and 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 doing all that side of it. I don't think he could be bothered with all the other stresses and, and the other stuff you have to deal with. Um, I would say the other one in the group, I would have said Lee Nichols because of how he's been this year and how much he's really added. Um, and I've spoken about coaching before and obviously it's a long way off, but I told him he should go and start doing his badges now because he's a brilliant communicator and the way he, way he helps people. He really enjoys helping people. Um, but I think the other one would probably be it's a really good question, actually. Um, I would say Matt O'Reilly. Very intelligent, um, very driven, very ambitious, really believes in himself, but really modest, really humble. I would say, yeah, he'd make a pretty, in 20 years' time or, or whatever, he'd make a pretty good manager. I think, I think that's always the issue with such a young squad. It's hard to tell uh, where these individuals will go later on in their careers. Yeah, uh, but, hopefully they go to the very top and they all enjoy a lot of time then become very rich and wealthy and they can all chill out and not need to become a manager when they're done that'd be nice for them right for some I guess <laughs> um, I'll pass it back to Joe um, with obviously last season it all ended abruptly and then when you came back, it wasn't necessarily how you normally would. So how will a full pre-season and also, um, you know, with, with players that have already sort of had a season of playing your way, how will it help? Um, how will a full pre-season allow the players to be much better with the intensity of the passing and play in general? And also as a result, that I guess that will make it a bit easier for the newer signings to kind of slide in. And that was a listener question from Mark. Yeah, so... Um, the first two weeks this year were just generic. You could you could do with any squad, any team, because we weren't allowed to do anything because of COVID. So that's a training in uh, individually at first, then in groups of four, um, and then the third week we could start integrating them, but still couldn't do full team training. They couldn't spend too long next to each other with their GPS because we haven't submit all that. So it really impacted it. Um, this year will be, be be lovely just to be able to get them straight together and so many of them knowing all of the detail, which I think will really help the new players. I think you'll have a lot of boys telling the players on the pitch um, the mistakes they've made, what they've been through and seeing the same in some of the new players. So I think the process will be much quicker in integrating the new players into what we're doing and how we're doing it. And also, we can condition the players physically from day one, how we're going to play, how we want to play, um, how we're going to play and I think that's probably been one of the things over the course of the season I think they've just got more and more conditioned physically to how we're going to play the intensity of it because it is tough um, they've become more and more used to it and you know they've started looking like you know machines towards the end of the season they can they can just keep going can keep pressing can keep the intensity up um, and I've enjoyed that and they are young so physically they change as well and um, but we're really looking forward to having a a proper full pre-season and it's going to be seven weeks for us which would be great um, it was only six last last year so it's only an extra week but I think it'll make a big difference to us and um, 
also we're having five days away at St George's during that, which will be important because one, the quality of the training pitches and two, the guys get to spend a lot of time together. So that's why we're hoping to have as much of our business done by then as possible because we've done too much business too late this time around. It, you know, Cami, Sirs, uh, Scotty Fraser, which is no fault of anyone's, but there's a pandemic and financially no one knew what was going to be happening. So at least this year, well, hopefully with the fans coming back next season and how how the numbers are all going at the moment, it looks pretty positive. So we can start planning for, for that. And... Um, yeah, the aim is to do as much of our business as possible early on so we can have the guys in from day one and we can uh, hit the ground running physically and, and tactically. Yeah, I think um, it, it it showed in, you know, I don't think we won in the first seven or eight games. Even though we were playing well, it just wasn't quite clicking. And I think um, out of like the top six players that for points per match, I think five of them came in in January. And so it just shows that once there was a settled side for them to sort of come into, um, it just makes everyone's life so much easier. Yeah, and, I think, um, it, I think it was, there was so much change in summer. So we were dealing with that. I would have changed more if we could, but there was a fear there that it was too much change and um, it was happening too quickly and with the pandemic and stuff like that. So I completely understood that, um, but I would have changed more um, and, and done it quicker. Um, and I think we've just been adapting really all season. It's been a season of transition um, and it's been three teams. The start of the season, like you said, then we had Richard Keogh come in, Cammy Jerome come in, Scotty Fraser, they really helped. Then Andrew Sermon joined a little bit later, he really helped once he got fully fit, especially because obviously he started a little bit slowly because he'd had eight months out of football. Um, and then obviously the team since January, which is which is probably more our team than any team's been, and their form has been brilliant. I think they're in the top five since January, if the league was from then. So, um yeah, it's, it's been, and we've had a wobble in there as well, quite a big one at one point, you know, Wigan and Blackpool and all that, which was disappointing because we might have ended up getting fairly close, but um, it's to be expected. We've got a lot of guys, as I said, experience, experiencing this style for the first time and, and experiencing their place in, on the pitch for the first time. Um, so, yeah, we've had, we've had three teams, really. It's been a lot of change, not just in personnel, but the way the teams evolved, the way they performed, the formation, all of that comes into it so and although we started slowly some of the performances were really good early on it was just yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think we um we had the killer killer edge that Cammy helped bring and then Griggy as well obviously and um and we just I don't think we'd convinced the players enough at that point that they could put in performances like that I think they felt well, I genuinely think there was a little bit of imposter syndrome there at, at the start um and obviously teams were catching us out a little bit early so uh, once we sorted that out it's been it's been much better yeah, I think Portsmouth away must have been one of the most frustrating matches I've ever watched. <laughs> um, that hurt me. That hurt me for a long time. <laughs> and just there, you mentioned, obviously, the team's evolved through the season. And, um, I mean, it's it's good that it's been getting better throughout the season rather than, you know, a bit of mix, mix and match. Um, but do you see the one-striker formation as what you go into the new season with? Or do you see maybe having the flexibility to be able to do both or yeah, how, we'll how, both. how do you we'll have, we'll have both. We'll work on both for sure. Two strikers and one. Um, I think it depends on if we sign everyone we want to sign. It depends on um, how we see the opposition setting up against us. Um, but I think I really love, I love having two strikers at the top of the pitch. And I think when, when Dave Kasuma was fully fit and, and firing, we could get away of having one holding midfielder. Um, it changed a little bit when Davey got injured 
Um, and I think we look just as dangerous with one striker. Is I really like the box midfield as well because it gives us a lot of options to to play around the press and play through a press. So um, yeah, we'll have both up the sleeve, I think, and, and we'll probably sort of change between both throughout the season as we have done as we have done this season. So um, I, I like the fact that the guys are are willing to do both and capable of doing both, and they've got pretty much the key the key concepts don't change. The identity doesn't change. It's just swapping one position with the other. Um, and that will depend on, on the type of game it is, I think, next year and who we're playing against, to what formation we play. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so give nothing away there then. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> Liam with the next one then. Yeah, so based off how identity and the values, so the guys that just came in um, for the team just gone, for the new guys coming in to the same system and a similar group of players from what ended the season, would you say would you on the other gents at the club change anything that you did from then to now to I suppose improve the guys from then or would it be pretty much um, the same would you say I think uh, just continue on the, on the process really and make sure the guys that are coming in are um, given as much detail and information as possible and, and I do believe it will be easy I think the guys who have lived it for a season now um, and experienced it will help them I think that'll be yeah. really beneficial um, and it's really important we have like you know your cultural art, architects in there if we end up losing Cameron and, and Andy Sermon or you know whoever or Dino gets injured you need you need guys who can carry the responsibility and, and uh, translate the ideas from us the, the coaching staff to the other players from time to time and, and um, be advocates for what we're doing because the strongest guys in the group need to really really believe in it and be convinced by it which I think they are now so I do believe that process will be easier and, and for us it will just be working as hard as ever to try and make sure that the players, um, we analyse everything, we learn from everything, we then practice everything and then we have to put it into a performance and then that cycle just repeats and, um, and just keeps repeating until we get somewhere close to being the team we want to be and the players I think trust that process, they understand that process, they see it can make them better as a team and individually. And I think they have evidence of that now, that every single player that's come in here has, I think, improved. If you yep. look at people like Warren O'Hora, Harry Darling, um, Matty Sorinola from where he was, Ethan Laird from the beginning of his loan to the end. Um, I think it's a style of play that really improves players. And I think that that's why it'll be easier to sell to people and to convince people. Because I think we are going to recruit players now that are really want to play for the club because they, they've either played against it and they felt it or they've heard about it from players playing here, or they've spoken to someone else, or they've kept an eye on it. So hopefully that is one of the big perks of playing this way, is that football players want to play this style of football. So I don't know any eight-year-old that wants to hit a channel ball or um, or hit a diag. Like, you know what I mean? That's not what you uh, get into football. You learn those skills and you manage to survive through football and, and adapt to different things. And I'm not saying this in that. I end up, people will say, I hit... I did, I hit channel balls and diags my whole career, so there's nothing to be, uh, but I think um, players generally dig down and really want to play this football. They just need to be empowered and encouraged to play that way and believe they can play that way. Yeah, I think we've seen ourselves from the outside how other players, other clubs have complimented you know, your style of football. So that that's a testament to the process and everything that's happened since. So yeah, case, case proven pretty much. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong way. As I've said, I've played under loads of different managers and and really enjoy different styles of football. But um, I always say if I'm going to do it and, and watch my team from the sideline, watch our team, then uh, I want to enjoy it. 
So uh, it's hard yeah. work and it takes time. And I think people realise that now. You guys have been incredible, like the supporters continuing in the stadium, the patience and the trust and the, the faith that you've shown in, in, in us and what we're doing has been incredible and it's definitely helped the players. Definitely helped the players. I think there would have been certain clubs that just wouldn't have got away with doing this uh, or trying this for so long. And um, I think even now there would be people still doubting it, but I really genuinely feel like the majority of you guys are really on side of what we're trying to do and, and what we're trying to build and understand how much, how difficult this season's been and the amount of change and transition and what we've been up against and um, in terms of the pitch, in terms of the finance and, and hopefully realise there has been improvement and progress and it's up to us to make sure we, we justify that and show it again next season. Yeah, exactly. Keep the progress going, eh? 100%. Okay, Joe, some quick hard questions from yourself. Yeah, I thought we're going to round off with a few quick fire questions for you. So, um, uh, one, here's one from a friend of the pod, Connor Lawson, who you wished to have a birthday to ah. the other day. Uh, uh, he's yeah. asked, yeah, he, he loved that message. He, uh, he's asked, um, do you have any Stone Island yourself? Then? I don't. My brother owns nothing but Stone Island, but I don't. I don't tend <laughs> to do screaming labels. So, and plus, yeah, I, I just couldn't wear it. I think I'd get, I'd get it taken off me by someone very quickly. So, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I don't. But it, Connor did look fantastic. In his Stone Island jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I presume um, his girlfriend bought that for him. I'm not sure, yeah. I, yeah I, presumed, I presumed it was a birthday present. Maybe not. Maybe I'm doing a disservice there. So maybe, maybe he saved up his pocket money. Or... <laughs> now, this this question, um, uh, it actually came from a certain someone, and uh, I think they're going to be uh, um, listening out eagerly for this one. So we asked you for an MK Don's five-side team last time. Um, I'm going to ask you for an MK Don staff five-a-side team now. Okay. So uh, um, take it away. I'm going to put Ant in goal because he's just, he's just a psycho. So our head of media, he'll just throw himself in front of anything. But not Dino. He's a great... Now, Dino's got a play on pitch. He won't play in goal. He's a gunner. <laughs> so um, Ant will go in goal just because he'll just throw himself in front of anything. And he and he, and he he will do all the aggressing for us. So he is, he is aggressive. So uh, Carol's laughing because he knows it's true. Um, I've played five side of Ant and it is guaranteed at least one fight with his own teammate or, or opposition. It doesn't matter. Um, so that would just be good value. I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to really annoy someone here, aren't I? I'm going to put Dino at the back. Am I playing? It's up to you. It's your oh, team. Yeah, of course. Me and Dean at the back. Uh, no, Cal Reed and Dean at the back. Because Cal, I've oh, seen Cal. He loves that one in the corner. <laughs> I've seen Cal smash people twice his size and be like, wow. Um, and he runs a lot. He runs with me a lot, Cal, so he's fit. Um, then me and Luke Williams are going to play in midfield. And uh, Matt Wilmot is going to play up front. So there's going to be Liam Sweet, very disappointed not to make it. Ben Parker, very disappointed not to make it. Um, Lano's fortunately left, but he wouldn't have been in it anyway. So. Um, yeah, who else? On Brommers. Brommers can be an impact sub, Tom Bromley. I think that's about us, really. But yeah, that would be my team. Cool. Yeah. That Sounds good. A chance against some of the boys, by the way. Cal, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think we've got a strong chance there. Yeah. Let's do it. You bring an MK1 podcast team and we'll set oh, up and we'll have a fight. <laughs> we'll have nice five percent possession though. Yeah, we will. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to touch me, mate. You wouldn't be able to touch me. <laughs> do a blackfall. 
Yeah, from, from what I've heard of Cow, it's certainly uh, eventful, your five-a-side evening. So I don't know if we want to get involved with that I think one. I've just named six players there, haven't I? Yeah, we're oh, we'll take, yeah, yeah sometimes sorry. it's six, isn't it? So we'll, take, we'll, we'll let you off for that. Six is more fun. Lovely. Lovely. Right. Um, so where do, ambitions for Dons and, and yourself in, for the next five years or so? And, well, I mean, as a part of that, when's the lifetime contract coming? So. <laughs> uh, I'd, you have to ask Mr. Winkleman about that. You have to ask the chairman. Um, I am so committed to having success at this club because of the support I've been given um, by the by my colleagues and by the players by the staff um, by the people in the hotel but in the in the club in the club shop um, it's been incredible really I'm really grateful for it I'm really humbled by it um, and I genuinely believe it's a club we can achieve something with I think it is it's ready to to rock and roll at some point. Um, we just need to make sure it gets there. I don't want to set any really um, like real targets and say to you, we're going to be in the championship in a year and then the Premier League in five and all that stuff. But we are going to work extremely hard to give you guys, hopefully, my aim is to give you the best MK Don's team has ever been. There's no doubt about it. I think obviously the club's fairly short history for getting what went on before. Um, I think it gives the players a real chance to achieve that. I genuinely do, and I think they do as well. And it's one of their their own wishes to, to become known as that team, um, which would be brilliant. Um, but I think just keep building the identity, keep giving you guys a team. You know what you're going to get. You turn up every week knowing that you're going to get everything. You're going to get a team that tries to play in a certain way that you will, hopefully you guys will enjoy. Um, and I've got ambition to, 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 to work at the very top, of course, and to do that with with this club would be the ultimate. I'd be the happiest ever because to achieve it with this group of people would mean everything to me. Whether or not we'll we'll have enough time to do that or we'll be capable of doing that, who knows? But we'll we'll certainly give it a good shot. Um, and next season is about improving on this season, and the season after that will be about improving on next season. So we just need to keep raising the bar and raising standards and see where it takes us. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess we'll strap ourselves in and see what's uh, see what's yeah. come there. Yeah, exactly. Um, just uh, I'll just hand over over to Liam just to round off. But um, yeah, thanks for again for coming on. It's um, yeah, Carl, thank you enough. Really good of you to thanks. do. Um, um, really enjoy these sorts of things, and I'm I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there that that enjoy listening to it. So yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. No problem. I'm sure there's some people who just think. I've heard enough of this geezer during the season. That'll do for us. But um, I think <laughs> for me, like the most important part is we all enjoy the journey, Rick. So I know I said trust the process a million times, but it's true. So we. I said yeah, I've said it so many times as yeah. well, yeah. I said to the players, respect the process, trust the process, and let's enjoy the journey together and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, so as usual, Russ, of all I guess, um, we always ask, do you have any questions for us? Uh, yeah, go on then. Who, who, who did you all vote for in the player this season? I went with Fish, personally. Um, I said, I think since he's came in, he had the biggest impact on the team. Um, obviously, I, I've loved seeing Louis win it. Um, but yeah, Fish was my vote. And I'm, I was very pleased to see that he got young player of the season for us because, uh, yeah, he's been brilliant this season. Okay. I went um, I went Louis. I think... Um... Yeah, it's is actually being in the middle. We've actually seen how good a footballer he is. And I actually voted Louis last season as well. 
I know recent um, Alex Gilby did some unreal bit um, unreal things, but I think just again Louis was so consistent and. I think with Louis, one thing that I really just noticed with him is his first thought is just pass the ball forward. And he's so intelligent with how he plays. And people say about his pace, but he never had any to begin with. So, yeah, he, um, yeah, Lewington for me. Yeah, when m- mine was a bit of a surprise when I went with Cammy, um, I think he's an absolute joke of a footballer, to be uh, brutally honest. I'm surprised he didn't get more votes, you know, Cammy. I thought he'd get yeah, quite. Yeah, so, yeah, we all are, to be fair. Yeah. Um, because of when he got signed, um, I'm not sure whether you follow social media and all this, Russ. But yeah. um, I got when was... he signed. When, sorry to interrupt you, Russ. When he You're signed, right. I got battered from, on social media for signing a mate and a teammate. He's 34, and I said to Cammy, and I and I, I said, Cammy, look, there are a lot of people you need to prove wrong. Not I just, bet he loved that. Not just for yourself, but for me as well, because I knew what he was going to do, and. And I'm sure the chairman won't mind telling you he had his doubts as well because he's thinking this 34-year-old has been in Turkey for a, a couple of years. You know, how hungry is he going to be? But the guy's a machine. He's in as good a shape as he ever was when I played with him. He's still one of our highest, 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 uh, not highest, fastest runners this season um, in terms of sprints and sprint distance. And he's been incredible. And I knew he would be. And, and his character as well, his confidence, the way he plays. And he scares opposition defenders. He, there's, you know, there's a, Teams when they look when I, I genuinely believe when Cami hasn't been playing this year, teams go, oh, "Thank goodness for that," because he is such a handful. So Ross, I um, I I understand where you're coming from completely. I think it was I might be wrong. It was the Peterborough draw at home where we should have won, and uh, he went through one on one. And um, I think me and Joe mentioned it after the game. We were like, we, we were always backing him to score that. Him and them sort of yeah, we'd be on the goal for that. Yeah, we're behind the goal. We knew he was going to put it in the back of the net. And um, that's what you get with Cammy Jerome, I guess. That was a brilliant goal, yeah. Listen, we'd love him to stay, but, you know, he's, he's at an age now where he has to really consider family and location. He's not willing to move up and down the country anymore for football. Um, he's done that. He's, he's lived that. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But we, we might see him back, who knows? But at this minute in time, I'm not, I'm not sure. But he has been great. And I'm glad he has. I think I got questioned a lot on sermon as well, guys. I'm not going to bring my mates here if they. By the way, we're not even that. We weren't, you know, we, we were ex teammates, but we haven't spoken a huge amount since. But um, he's top man, sirs and Cammy. But I'm not going to bring anyone here if they're not good enough. Not just for not coming here for a, a jolly up. So when we sign a few more mates this summer, well, hopefully the reaction will be a little bit more positive. <laughs> <laughs> that Alex okay. Tetty and everyone's and laughing nervously. Everyone's Lawrence. laughing nervously, like, oh no, is he going to do that again? <laughs> yeah, there, there's been a few already this uh, summer, Russ, if you could believe it. So, uh, yeah, we've mentioned but, a few on there. It's worked so. out okay so far. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got one. I'm asking the questions now, aren't I? Joe, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It, Joe, you asked me about formations. Go on. You tell me. What's your preferred one? Oh, that's a good one. I think it depend, depends on the people. I think I think Cammy probably plays the sole striker role the best on his own because of his, I think... His physical attributes, as you said, he's he is a handful. And even if he's not necessarily being his most clinical or his link-up play might not all be there, but he's making himself a nuisance. And I think with that formation, it frees up Matty and um, and uh, Scott Fraser because I feel that they're, they, they're getting into the box a lot more. Whereas when you've got the two strikers, 
Um, the Scott Scott Fraser and Matt O'Reilly, they kind of know that they can't just leave the whoever's back there on their own. So they're maybe not getting forward as much as they'd like. Um, so I think it just depends on the personnel. Because I think I was quite surprised towards the end of the season we didn't see Grigg and Brown start a game together. Um, because I think that Grigg plays best with a partner. And I think that, yeah, it, it just depends on the personnel, I guess. If you've got someone that's, you know, can, you know, look at Vidane Oliver at Gilligan. He, he can occupy two or three defenders on his own because he's such yeah. a handful. And then they've got the runners in behind. Um, so in certain respects, going to the box, it, it freed up um, Scotty and Matt O'Reilly a lot. Um, but yeah, it, I think it just depends on the personnel, to be honest, as you, as you said. Love it. Joe knows his stuff, Cal, doesn't he? Definitely does. Right. <laughs> he's, the, uh, M- he's the MK1 stato, so... What about you, Your preferred formation? Um, I probably box for me. Well, no, definitely not. <laughs> Dino. Yeah, or Dino. Um, no, the box for me. I feel I was very surprised to see it introduced, but I think ever since it was introduced, I've sort of fell in love with it, um, especially when it was Cami up top as well. Um, I thought it was excellent in the three five one one. Um, and yeah, him and him and Matty had excellent connection. And yeah, I mean, and, and Will Griggs continued that on since he's got in there. So yeah, I mean, I think the box for me, if I had to pick one formation to go through the whole 46 games of the season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to switch up to like a, a 3 5 2 or even, a, even like a 4 2 3 1 if we had to. I think we've got the players to do that for sure. What about you, Ross? Um, if you asked me at the start of the season, I would have said the 3 5 1 1. Um, I fell in love with that formation. I thought it was so good. So it allowed uh, Fraser to um, do his thing. And he was basically our creative hub as such. But um, obviously with us conceding um, so many goals in that first 15 minutes, I think you obviously addressed that. And we moved to that box formation. And um, it's just so fun watching um, Kasumu and McEachran or Sermon in that middle and watching teams trying to break them down. It's just it's just impossible for some teams, and uh, yeah, I, I just love seeing that because we've got a balance going forward and defensively also. So um, yeah, I'll, I'd pick the box midfield if I had to choose a formation. Love it. So the box it is then. Yeah, there it is. Okay. It depends um, what centre forward you've got lined up for us, Russ. Well, exactly. <laughs> Brian Holt's coming out of retirement. Jolly good. I look forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> okay. Um, Russ, I mean, Joe said it already, but thank you very much uh, for coming on once again. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, I suppose it's a closing note from you, which would be great, is obviously you've been a new listener since uh, you last came on and maybe people from outside the club who are listening in. So um, just give us a bit of a sort of brief explanation as to why you'd like to keep up engagement with the fans like ourselves, especially ahead of the you know, new season coming up where, you know, fans get back in stadiums and, you know, they can watch their team again. Um, it's really simple. You guys are the most important people at the club. So long, long after I've gone and the players have gone that are currently here, you guys will still be there, uh, eventually taking your kids there and your grandkids and stuff. So, um, yeah, well, ultimately, who are we there to serve? And it's, you guys to, to try and provide entertainment to you try and provide um a team that you feel connected to it's tribal football right it's it's partisan like you're you're uh, you follow your tribe 
and you, you do that throughout your life. You don't swap. Some people do. The mercenaries, they go to where the where the success is, but um, the real football fans don't. They stay with their team through thick and thin, whether they're successful, whether it's hard times, and it's always you guys. So um, I was always really conscious of that when I was a player about being respectful to supporters, even if they were even if they were abusing me or booing me, my own supporters, which happened at, from time to time. But you have to respect that um, they really care and uh, and they pay their hard-earned money to come and come and watch or on I follow this season as it as it was. But um, yeah, I just think you guys, especially for the way you want to play, it's really important that you guys understand what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, um, and and buy into it because that really helps the players. And I think that's why some of the played a huge part in why some of the young guys have really developed really quickly because they're not going on social media and getting battered for trying to do things that they're not quite ready for or for, for trying to play this way um, and that's down to you guys and, and the, the trust you've shown in it because at the start of the season there were a lot of worried people when we sold uh, a couple of players and I understood it but at the same time it annoyed me a little bit because I was like I understand I'm not annoyed with him personally but it's like come on just give us a little bit of time and then, and when you're part of the process every day, you, you feel it. But when you guys are not in it, it's really difficult to. So I understood it, but I was annoyed. Um, so I thought it was doing a disservice to the guys we brought in and to the guys we already had. Um, so, uh, yeah, they got shown a few of those because it doesn't really affect me. But I wanted them to, to make sure that they proved a few people wrong. And I think they have done. And I think those guys now who, who felt that way at the start, I hope that they've changed the way that they feel. Because I just want to give a, we all want to give you guys a team that you can feel really proud of and enjoy watching. Otherwise, you know, I think even when you're really successful, if you don't enjoy watching your team, ultimately, what, what's the point? <laughs> Get, do you know what I mean? Being a football fan, even if you're a cheap, and I'm sure people are shut up. It's just about winning. But um, I used to be a football fan. Used to go to games, and sometimes even after we won, it'd be like that was terrible. I didn't really enjoy that at all. And so, um, yeah, that is. I guess that's my last, my parting shot is to, um, yeah, to say you guys are the most important people and that's why for, for us to stay engaged this season when you're not here has been really, really important because next year it'll be much easier. You guys will be coming to the stadium, you'll be feeling it, feeling the atmosphere, feeling the energy, hopefully enjoying, feeling the way the guys feel on the pitch uh, in control and, and hopefully being dominant in a lot of games and um, hopefully we can all enjoy uh, a bit of success together at some point. Yeah, and we can't wait to get back in August. It's ADMK and uh, for us three gents away as well. Well, we do, we do love a good away day. And I will um, try to talk less next season. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not that's a, that's a bad thing for most people, I imagine. But uh, yeah. Okay, well, thank you again, Russ. Um, we'll see you soon, of course, uh, for the new yeah, season. Yeah, I'll see and, you um, next season, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I said, hopefully... Well, hopefully all the success in the world to us because it benefits all of us. We're all MK Dons fans here. So, yeah, really looking forward to it and uh, anxiously waiting to see what the opening day of the season is in terms of who we're playing. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get down for pre-season as well, depending on who we're playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. There will be a couple you can definitely come to and look forward to, so that'll be good. Excellent um, stuff. Well, I'm sure we all will be revealed soon, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, and well done. Well done on the pod, guys, from... When we first spoke all that time ago, you've done brilliant. So, congrats! <laughs> yeah, the uh, the quality's got a lot better. That's for sure. I like I like to think anyway, for the first time. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, say it's a credit to um, yourself as well. Say it's 
it's much as your award that we won fan of the year is, is ours because you know you're part of the season that we did it and uh, yeah it was it was really really special to us to be accredited with that award with the group of players because uh as you can see by the sunset behind me uh this season considering how it's all gone has been a really special one for me personally um so yeah thank you for that and uh thank you to the rest of the coach staff as well that came on no problem take care see you next season yeah see you next season and on that note come on you dons away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.